Welcome to another episode of the Dave Stockbridge Podcast. Well, the sun is shining, the birds are singing. It's Dave from Real, and thanks so much for joining me on the podcast once again, where every episode I aim to bring you helpful hints and tips that I hope helps you make and save tens of thousands of dollars simply by jumping in and borrowing from my 22 years experience as a real estate agent and auctioneer. So regardless if you're buying your very first home or expanding upon your existing portfolio or perhaps you're a real estate agent and it doesn't matter where you are around the world, although this started off as a highly localized podcast, we now have people listening to us in the UK, the United States and a surprisingly amount of people in um, in the uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, so we welcome you all and we hope you found a home here, regardless of if you're listening to us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Music. Uh, we, you can find us on SoundCloud uh, or Spotify uh, across all of the platforms, regardless of how you like to consume your content. We hope that you find a way uh, to get this in your ears every week. And, uh, and of course, every day now, we've um, changed up to a weekly format. So for those people that have subscribed and you're noticing a few more notifications come through on your device, well, that's because we're now releasing a daily podcast and always with the helpful hints and tips and uh, hopefully some strategies that you can deploy if you are a real estate agent for your own benefit and that of your clients. If you're, of course, a a consumer out there who's just real estate conscious and, and a huge enthusiast of real estate who's looking for Uh, the best ways to be able to negotiate, secure and purchase, then I hope that uh, you're learning lots from uh, what we have to share. So today I want to talk to you about uh, something I talk to our team about a whole lot, and it is the power of the pause. So what is the power of the pause? Well, the power of the pause is perhaps the simplest and maybe even the most effective negotiation strategy that I can suggest to anyone. And it's a, an especially good strategy for those people that commonly wouldn't think of themselves as being proficient negotiators. And, and this, it doesn't matter whether or not you're buying a house or anything, you know, you, you could use this down in a retail store. If you're looking to buy a pair of jeans, uh, use the power of the pause, ask a question and pause. Normally the person who speaks next loses in the negotiation. Most people feel so terribly uncomfortable about silence, especially those people that think of themselves as salespeople. They think of them sales as talking. They don't realize the power of the pause and how it is that you can leverage silence in the negotiation. So I'll give you a quick example. Um, Time and time again, we come across people who are, well, just by nature, weak negotiation, weak negotiators. They haven't taken the time to learn um, and probably don't feel that it's worth much to them to learn. Um, but in reality, it's a life skill that you can deploy all of the time. But it can be prove especially valuable when buying real estate because, of course, we're not talking about tens of dollars or hundreds of dollars. We're talking about sometimes tens of thousands of dollars uh, that can be won over simply by leveraging this particular strategy. So this is a, a generally how a buyer would go to uh, go about the negotiation process. So typically a buyer makes an offer, then continues down the road of explaining or articulating themselves or uh, further clarifying or qualifying their particular position. So it sounds a little bit like, I would like to offer a million dollars. 
But if the owner is after a little bit more, I guess we could always have another chat to the bank or maybe we can come up with another, you know, ten or twenty thousand dollars. But that that'd be about it. I, I can't do much more than that. Maybe another five or ten. So yeah, if they want any more than say a million and thirty thousand, I'm probably out. So just letting you know. Um, that's where we're at. So, but uh, let us know what the owner thinks, and uh, we'll go from there. That's terrible negotiation. Now, if you just, if, if I was to suggest in that scenario that that person making the offer simply exercised the power of the pause, then the negotiation would have looked a little bit more like, "I'd like to make an offer of a million dollars." Pause. Now. Inexperienced salespeople or those that if you've been following my material more recently that you, I would describe as being generic agents simply can't help themselves in this situation. They can't stand the silence. They need to break the silence and often cases they like the sound of their own voice as well. And so uh, what will tend to happen is that they'll break the silence and when they do, a salesperson in particular will tend to... Um, give up a vital piece of information. So I saw this happen in a retail sense just the other day where uh, a friend of mine was looking to uh, buy a, a shirt. It was just a, um, a clothing store. And um, uh, when he went to purchase the item, he simply said to them, so do you have any special discounts or offers? And didn't say any more than that. And the lady said, oh, um, not at the moment, but... Um, yeah, we could give you 10% off though. So simply by asking and being quiet, asking politely and then giving space for a response, it saved him 10%. Now, he does this out of habit. This is just something that this particular chap has fallen into the habit of doing whenever he's buying anything. Why? Well, because it's saving him thousands of dollars a year and a dollar saved is a dollar you don't have to earn or, you know, at the end of the day, keep earning the money, keep saving it, and you're always going to end up in front. So the, what I would suggest to somebody in that scenario is to make the offer. I'd like to offer a million dollars, and then that's it. Now, the agent would likely say something along the lines of, oh, well, we had an offer of a million and 50 just last week, and, you know, the owner said no to that, but I haven't had anybody interested since, or they might say something like, oh, you know, the owner was talking about 1.1 at the start of the campaign, but look, uh, I mean, you might look at that. Uh, or, or could you do um, a, a, an unconditional contract, or could you do a quick settlement? Because if so, maybe we could meet in the middle somewhere. Um, that's the sign of a weak negotiator, by the way, the person that doesn't understand that when there's a pause, just to keep the mouth shut, um, and uh, so their response in it, any response in itself is going to uh, weaken their position um, and expose them as being a weak negotiator, in which case, you know, just continue on. So my, my advice recently has been to people, if they're in a property, don't try to hide their interest in it if they're a buyer. Um, there's no point. I mean, that even a weak agent and a poor negotiator can still read your body language and understand that you're indeed somebody who is uh, interested um, in the property. So don't try and hide that aspect of it. Don't be poker-faced. Um, you, you don't want to let the agent know to the extent that you uh, are in love with the property and to the, the extent that you're willing to stretch to uh, or, in order to make it your own either. Now, these are 
this is completely different, but definitely offer whilst you're at the property because you'll be able to eyeball the agent. Now, some people say, yeah, well, what if, what if I do have to say something? Well, why would you? But let, let's say the scenario goes a little bit like this. Now, the perfect response in that scenario, if you never know what to say, don't, don't say something, ask something. So I'd like to offer a million dollars. Now, a smart agent would say, well, is there any reason why you wouldn't pay more than that? Now, that evokes a response. Now, if you're in a position now where you have to come up with a response and you've made the offer, as I've suggested, and you're not sure what to do next, then my suggestion then is to exit the property uh, as soon as possible. Now, what you, your response should shut down the negotiation discussion. It should be, well, we'd probably need to have a chat about that. Or third-party referencing, if you're at the property yourself, uh, intimating that there's perhaps uh, somebody else that you'd like to uh, refer to um, when it comes to making this decision, or it might be somebody that, uh, a family member or, um, or a partner that you need to defer to. But uh, either way, Third-party referencing yourself out of the situation is a good way. Now, that sounds a little bit like, let's go back to the scenario, I'd like to offer a million dollars. Well, and then the real estate agent responds, any reason why you wouldn't spend 1.1, for instance, or any reason why you wouldn't spend more than that on the home, and now you've got a response, and the response is, look, I'd probably have to think more about that, and I could get back to you about that probably tomorrow. Now, Fear of loss is also a big issue with people that are trying to negotiate on a home in particular, but anything, you know, it's amazing how quickly though that sense descends upon us as soon as we've uh, located or isolated something that we want, we don't want to let that opportunity slip as well. So you've got to be really realistic. Now, if you're standing in an open inspection and there's 10 other people waiting to speak to the agent to place an offer, well, you know, probably this uh, prop and hold strategy is not going to be the one that's going to prove successful in securing the property. But if we think about what the likely scenario would be, for instance, um, in, in that most homes that have been on the market for any more than a handful of weeks are, are generally not experiencing high attendance at the open inspection. And, um, and I'd always suggest to a buyer that's really keen on a property to take the time to make a time by appointment. So that way you know that there's not going to be uh, other competition there and that you've probably got 24 or so hours in order to third-party reference, get out of the room, get out of the house, get out of the property in order to uh, recalibrate and prepare a response in your negotiation. So, okay, so I'm suggesting to people to get themselves out of the property. Why? Because the agents, of course, are reading your body language the whole time. They can see when you're looking to squirm and even an inexperienced agent will be able to detect uh, these subconscious tells that you're displaying to them as you go through uh, even a rudimentary negotiation. And so if 70% of what you're saying to people is in your body language and not in your speech, then it makes sense if you want to negotiate and leverage uh, a position of strength, then you would get yourself out of the same physical space as the other person. Um, you don't want to give off any tells. And of course, on the phone, uh, then you're down to that 30% of the communication which you can easily control, usually by saying less rather than more. So I'm saying to people, get out of the home, uh, then you want to call the agent again and say, look, I, I, I want to touch base and just confirm, yes, we're very interested at a million dollars. The agent might say, well, look, I did say to you that the owner wouldn't accept that level and you know that something more like 1.1 would be a buying figure. 
Well, then you've really got to calibrate and make that determination. Are you going to spend that 1.1 that the owner wants or are you going to do you have the time to play? So you want to find out what the lay of the land is in that situation. You want to be able to establish whether or not there's incoming competition, um, whether or not your, your fears of loss are going to be realised if you take too long to action the negotiation. Now, usually uh, the agent, if they've got impending competition or um, actual or inferred competition um, that's out there, they'll certainly let you know in a hurry. So the fact that if an agent doesn't share that information with you, the chances are that there isn't any other residual interest out there and that you are the only person that they're negotiating with. Um, so, but in the event that, let's just say hypothetically, there might be another buyer on the scene, then what you want to isolate is more the terms that the vendor is looking for. You've got two things to be able to offer. You've got time uh, and money. Uh, essentially. And so time isn't always meaning settle quickly. Uh, the owner of that property might not have found another property. They might um, have um, a wedding on um, in between uh, the, around the time that anybody would normally look to settle in that 30-day period. So that's not going to work well for them. Um, or they might be going away on a cruise. They, they mightn't uh, have a property to move into yet. And so um, having a quick settlement period uh, mightn't be ideal. And so you want to isolate what it is that the owner wants. Does the owner want, Mr. Real Estate Agent, uh, what type of settlement is the vendor after? What would work best for them? How can I work out that? Because if you're in a position to be able to offer flexibility in your settlement terms, then that's worth tens of thousands of dollars to you. So if the agent says, yes, actually, the owner's after a little bit longer settlement, eight weeks would be ideal. Well, great. Well, um, Look, I can certainly do that and I can do the million and I'll, I would appreciate if you can speak to the owner about that and get a formal response to me. If you'd like me to place that on a, a contract note, then I'm happy to do that. Now, this now forces the agent. Now, an agent uh, in uh, my jurisdiction of South Australia um, is obliged to uh, submit all offers to the vendor, uh, regardless of whether or not they're acceptable. And you can actually, in South Australia, ask for that offer to be signed and cited by the vendor. So you'll know that your offer has been formally presented. Now, the vendor's under no obligations to countersign the offer, but look, if you're not a million miles away, the chances are the vendor will engage. And you get to this formal uh, sense of negotiation where you're almost sidelining the agent and going directly to the vendor um, and that's where you're going to get to the meat of the matter. Um, of course, you know, then you're going to quickly, within a bit of back and, uh, back and forth, you're going to soon uh, isolate a price that's acceptable to the vendor and then you've got the determination to make as to whether or not you're going to go to that figure, fall just under and perhaps uh, miss out. So, And I would say, look, de depending on uh, your experience of the market, the real estate is hugely subjective, your ability to be able to borrow and buy, all of those things are going to uh, play into your thoughts when negotiating. But I do say to people, go to such a level where uh, you feel comfortable, where you feel like it's a, a good buy and that you feel really comfortable um, to, uh, to tell your friends what you paid. And if you've, if you've got all of those things in alignment, well, look, at the end of the day, you've got yourself a home you love. So I'm Dave from Real. I hope you appreciate these hints and tips. And today was all about the power of the pause. And, and I hope that uh, that is a simple negotiation strategy that you can engage not just in real estate, but in all facets of your life. Hope you enjoy the content coming to you daily. We'll be back to you on Monday with more. I'm Dave from Real. We'll talk to you more soon. Thanks for tuning in again to this episode of the Dave Sovereign Podcast. 
Please follow us on Facebook or subscribe to us on iTunes and we look forward to bringing you more next week.